0: Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast,
1: a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts.
0: I'm Hemler Chenault, pastor of community engagement and stewardship.
1: And I'm Lanta Carroll, interim pastor of Families and Formation.
0: Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome.
1: We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities,
0: ages, socioeconomic groups,
1: gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Avenue, our leadership model is non-hierarchical
0: and we practice an open pulpit where you
1: will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds, and social locations.
0: We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice it.
1: Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged.
0: Listen with us now.
1: God, people, place. We find a consistent three-way relationship between all three in the Old Testament. All three are significant and connected. God, the creator and giver of the land. People, the recipients and stewards of God's land. Place, where space and belonging meet. And the backdrop of so many sacred encounters with God. It's the soil where the roots of God's people can be planted and grounded with the hope of thriving, not merely surviving. But for the ancient world, which held to a different concept and understanding of land, it's more of an issue of property, authority, ownership, how land is secured, legitimized, kept or lost. These societal processes speak to what ends land can be used and enjoyed. Property is seen through the lens of what Walter Brueggemann identifies as the haves and the have-nots. Either you're legitimate and have social value because you're entitled to land and can claim land as your possession, or you're illegitimate according to social constructs and are entitled to nothing. The ancient world held to these social procedures of land ownership, and as we know, it's a system that we still see echoed in our own time. We're always looking for space, this arena of life in which we have freedom and connection with who we are and where we come from. But rootlessness, this lack of space and place, can be the cause of despair and a sense of meaninglessness in the world in which we live. So when individuals or groups of people lose their place, it's dehumanizing because their place is so intertwined with their identity. Land and place matter. So when in 2019 we are caging indigenous children, (laughs) displacing them from their homes and their families, it is dehumanizing. When in 2019 we are still acting as conquerors of the land of Native Americans at Standing Rock, it is dehumanizing. When in 2019 we have yet to fully acknowledge the sin of racism and our history of slave ownership, it is dehumanizing. When we stand on the soil of God's earth and pretend that it only belongs to some of us and not all of us, it is dehumanizing. (laughs) This land was made for me and you. We sing while ripping families apart and uprooting them from the places that they call home. This country has always had the capacity for cruelty and has often acted on that capacity with the flag in one hand and the Bible in the other. But this type of evil behavior, separating families and stealing children, uprooting people from their homes, is nothing new. America has quite the history of taking things that didn't belong to us, we cannot afford to have historical amnesia. For as long as we neglect to understand the harsh, horrible reality of our history of colonization and the damage and displacement and neglect and dehumanization we have caused and are still causing, we are not celebrating the sacred worth of all humanity, And we are certainly not acting in the love of God's covenant relationship with the people of the land. But what happens in the biblical narrative when land isn't taken, but is given? Does this change the way in which it's received? Or does injustice still find its way into the rules of God's people? God people, place. They're all connected. The Jewish people were nearing the end of their 40 years wandering through the desert when Moses orchestrated a census to determine how the promised land would be divided among the families when they arrived. Not if they arrived when they arrived. So you can imagine this relief and hope that they felt after this long, long journey. The knowledge that they would get to have a new home, a place to grow deep roots and settle down. Land and place mattered to this community. And land to Israel here is a gift, a gift from Yahweh that binds them in new ways to their creator. Israel was clear that it didn't take the land, either by power or strategy, but because Yahweh had spoken a word and had acted to keep it. It's not just an object to be taken and occupied. It's presented as a, life, a life-giving embodiment of God's word. For the land which you are entering is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, reads Deuteronomy 11:10 through 12, where you sowed your seed and watered it with your feet like a garden of vegetables. But the land which you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land which Yahweh your God cares for, for the eyes of Yahweh your God, are always open, always upon it, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. The old land Israel knew and remembered in Egypt was land by effort. The land they were entering was a land of restoration. But as many were excited and hopeful as they faced their radical newness and we're coming to terms with the power of new history of a land of God's covenant love. Five daughters were dismayed at the unjust reality that they may not have a home after all. Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and tirza five sisters, the daughters of Zelophehad, He had died in the desert on this journey, and these women of the wilderness were going to be displaced just as their long journey was coming to a close. Even though there was the land that belonged to their father through the census, these five daughters were being displaced from this home because the law didn't include them. They felt the weight of this injustice and the threat of displacement. Wasn't this land for sharing with all the heirs of the covenant, even those, especially those who have no power to claim it? With a refusal to be dehumanized and cast aside, these sisters advocate for themselves with Moses. The daughters of the Lafahad came forward, and the five of them said, Our father died in the wilderness. Yes, he wasn't of the faction, chorus faction, which banded together against the Lord, but he has died, and he has no sons. So what are we to do? Please don't let our father's name be lost and forgotten. Moses said, well, a daughter can't inherit the land, so they say, why? He said, well, because you're females. Thanks a lot, patriarchy. So they replied with their counter, but wait a minute, Moses, let's think about this, because you also said that the rule says that male inheritance, that our mother could actually enter into a levirate marriage with our father's brother, think about that, so that she can give birth to a male who will inherit Moses counters back, not realizing he's actually proving their point. Well, no, she can't marry her deceased husband's brother because she already has daughters. <laughs> right. So, Moses, what are you accomplishing? You're telling us that for the sake of inheriting our father's land, we're not considered offspring, but for the sake of a levirate marriage, we are? With this, they silenced Moses. They helped him recognize the injustice of the law that gave no way for their father's land to remain in their family. They would just go in circles with no option. So immediately upon hearing this, Moses brought their case before the Lord The wisdom of the daughters of Zelophehad consisted in knowing exactly when to present their argument, right? Their attention to detail allowed them to challenge Moses on a legal point at this very opportune moment when Moses was trying to teach about the obligation of a man to marry his brother's widow if she has no male child. And so they did so by showing the absurdity of this situation. The silence of Moses indicated that they indeed brought a good question-go-figure before him, one that only God could answer. The women displayed solidarity and cooperation, wisdom and courage, and they had the courage to come together and advocate for change. And how does God respond to Moses? God says, their plea is just. This is the right thing to do. Uh, Moses, what are y'all doing? Not including the daughters in the law. What are you doing? The law is is unjust. Change the law. Their plea is just give them their freaking land. God straight up tells Moses to change the law that my covenant of land is not given to exclude. It's given as a gift. The woman have a place here. Let them have their land. Moses listens and the law is changed and the five daughters of Zelophehad receive their father's inheritance. It's patriarchal so there's still more nuance to the story if we keep reading on down in numbers, right, there's still some things that have to be changed, but this little moment matters as they come together and stand up for what is right and what is just, and they know that their request is not a bad one, is not a wrong one. So friends, let us remember the pleas of the marginalized are just We don't have to be afraid to stand up and speak out to claim our place in God's world. Community and places each build up the identity of the other. God's dream for her land is to offer us all a home and an opportunity to thrive. So while the ancient view of property and land is hierarchical between the haves and the have-nots, the Bible gives an alternative and more compelling view. Brugemann calls this the covenantal prophetic relationship. So from the biblical narrative, we can argue that the haves and have-nots are indeed bound together in community, that a viable life for everyone depends on the legitimate respect and care and maintenance of all people and a restraint on power but maybe we need more than just space. What we really need is place. Place is space, which has historical meanings where some things have happened which are now remembered and which provide continuity and identity across generations. Place matters. Place is a space in which important words have been spoken which have established identity. Place is indeed a protest against the unpromising pursuit of space. God's dream is that land is a means of covenant and prophetic belonging. God's dream is that land be used for sharing with all the heirs of God's covenant, which is all of us, especially those who have no social power to claim it. As co creators with God, the work of making this dream a reality is up to us as we recognize where the absurdity lies in the rules that exclude. We have to speak truth to power. We can call out the unjust laws and challenge our leaders to see exactly where the injustice lies and advocate for the laws to change. These requests are just. It's up to us as we seek to restore the meaning of the land as covenant and place as gift, not as a means of conquest or entitlement. So may we have the wisdom of these five daughters seeking the opportune moments to bring forth the cries for justice, knowing that they matter and they are just. Give them the freaking land. (laughs) May we have the courage and the collaboration of Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirza, who joined together in their justice song, speaking truth to power and proclaiming that this land was indeed made for me and you and all of us. May we repent for the sins of white colonialism that has consistently tried to dehumanize others. God, people, place. All three are inextricably bound together and finely woven in love and justice. May we embrace God's dream of claiming place, not just a space, for all of God's children living in authentic community with one another, telling our stories together and journeying together toward hope. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.
0: ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street.
1: To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust,
0: knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you
1: to love boldly,
0: live inclusively,
1: and to serve creatively. Amen.